Don't forget that we have an event sponsored by Comadresi Comics. What event is that, Jen? So, the event is a hardcover party release for Quince. The bilingual edition, guys. The bilingual edition. So, we will be partying it up at a quinceanera style party at Heidi Ho on Saturday, January 25th. Heidi Ho Comics is located at 412 Broadway in Santa Monica, California. And I'm not sure as to the time quite yet because we haven't solidified all of that. But keep an eye out because as the information comes to us, we will um, get it all out to you guys. But we're doing all this planning early um, and uh, Fanbase Press, the publisher of the book, um, is hoping that by planning so far in advance, they're hoping to ensure the availability of not only the main creative team, which is Sebastian Kadlecik Mm -hmm. and the the Stein Kellner sisters. So they also have contributors to the hardcover that they've invited. And the contributors are executive producer, showrunner, director, and actor from One Day at a Time, Gloria Calderon Kellett. (gasps) Yes, I'm so excited. Yes. Executive producer, showrunner, writer for Mr. Iglesias, which is Peter Murrieta. I heard that show's great on Netflix. I actually really like Mr. Iglesias. Dr. um, Aldama, who is Frederick Louis Aldama, who is the Dr. Latino or Dr. Yes, he won an Eisner for yes. his um, uh, for his book about Latinx superheroes, superheroes in mainstream That's comics. Right. Yes. yes, La Borinquena or no, no, um, no. America Ferrera is in the cover. Um, uh, no, America, America Chavez. Yes. Why yes. did I say yes. Ferrera? I always, <laughs> guys, you know what? Just send me home. Uh, and then Chavez. yes, Dr. Rojas, um, Teresa Rojas, who is um, now going to be doing the Latin X. Uh, is it now Expo in Modesto? Yes. 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 And then Javier Hernandez from El Muerto fame. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, Sabrina Cintron, the witches, grimoire, and La Boriqueña. Mm-hmm. Malena Bonilla, um, and also Jose Cabrera. Very exciting, guys. So hopefully you guys please set aside that date so that we can hang out and party it up. <laughs> and also don't forget to bring money to get your copy of your bilingual hardcover copy of Quince. Hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadresi Comics. This is episode number 65. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. How is everybody doing? I'm cold. Oh yeah, it's really cold. It's well, so I, cold. There was There's snow in Orange yeah. County. It's like the end of the world oh, or something. yeah. I love that. I, of course, they did um, They did close out the roads to Big Bear and the Five yeah, or I something the, like that. I saw... Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw that the grapevine was closed, which is a, a normal occurrence usually when there's snow, and they get it open mm-hmm. fairly quickly. But I saw a news story about a part of the five up north, which uh, is just um, bordering Oregon, mm-hmm. where not only was the road closed, but it was there were people freaking snowed onto the five. They could not go anywhere and had to spend the night in their cars on the five freeway in a what snowstorm. The heck? That is one of my biggest fears. Yeah. And it's the reason why I tell Eddie and everybody else that comes into my car that I don't clean my car. Because <laughs> you will have Insulation. water and food and whatever, butt wipes. I oh mean, blankets and jackets. I mean, I probably, I mean, there's probably tampons in the back somewhere. I don't yeah. know, but like <laughs> I once as a kid uh <laughs> I used to go to with my grandmother a lot to um, doctor's appointments, and so I really got into Reader's Digests. <laughs> oh, I love Reader's Digest. <laughs> okay, so... My dad used to read them all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're very succinct, like, short stories, mm-hmm. but, like, really, like, like um, uh, human interest mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. So, um, 
I read one of an elderly couple who uh, I think they got stuck. I don't know if they crashed off the road, but it was a snowstorm. And uh, they were stuck in their car and it was snowing and the snow covered their car and they nobody found them for a while. Wow. But they were they wrote uh like their goodbye notes on like receipts that they found in their car and like on the receipt they shared that like they were like eating the the um ketchup packets that they found under their seat to try to survive unfortunately they didn't make it but (laughs) it's that story that i think of all the time when eddie tells me you should clean your car it's such a mess i'm like no (laughs) you can die in your clean car i'm gonna be i'm gonna be able to survive for at least two or three days in mine (laughs) oh my god This is why you have snacks thrown all over the place. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I have something similar. I mean, I have one of those little jackets, the puffer jackets that you could like fold away. Uh I have one of those uh, in the back and I have like a big blanket. Uh, Actually, it's a it's a sleeping bag, but I use it as a tarp. So like whenever I put my bike in there or anything, I lay it out and then I put put my um, bike in there Um, but it could also be used to cover yourself in if you're buried in snow Um, I also I I like to have those bars because they sell my Costco for like seven dollars a box so in any case I have like like energy bars yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah so like you know because I always I get cranky and then I pick a fight with Frank and Frank gets mad and then we're mad (laughs) so like now I have these bars or like little uh, packets of of, uh, those trail mix things that they sell at uh, Trader Joe's Mm -hmm. because if I eat that then I can sustain myself till we find somewhere to eat right. and then I don't pick a fight with yeah. Frank and then we're fine but, <laughs> so but that's I... what I learned about myself during vacation is that I get angry because I got no food and then so now I travel <laughs> with my packs and it's a, it's a true story man it, it really it really prevents us from getting angry because then I start like <sighs> and he's like what's wrong and I'm like nothing but yeah, I would carry cheese though, but it, it's just bad. <laughs> this is a public service announcement for open and um, true and positive communication in your relationships. And also eat small little meals six to seven times a day. Yep. And avoid big meals. Yeah. Uh, oh so yes. So um, speak, going back to our opening, it's cold. It's snowing in Southern California. It's very disconcerting. I turn on the heater, um, which generally like maybe a couple times a year, but I've been turning it on like every single day for the past couple of days. And, wow. I mean, yes, it's been so cold that it rained and it snowed. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we have a heater at home. It's except we turned it off because mm-hmm. um, uh, we usually don't use it. Yeah. And it's it hadn't been as cold. Yes. As it is I now know. in the past couple of years. But last year and this year. It's cold. Yeah. It is cold. It's like New York cold. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I don't like this. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I am not like, what do you call it, like weak or for the, the, the cold weather. I grew up in Central California where it gets into like the 20s and maybe even the teens. Oh, my God. Um, in college, <laughs> I went to a college in Northern California near Sacramento. And we're, you're college students, so you're poor AF. Mm-hmm. We all would be in our... Our, um, in our hoodies and our blankets and our beanies and our socks. And if anyone tried to touch that thermostat to turn the heater on, everyone would yell at them because we're like, no, we can't afford it. Oh my God. <laughs> so we all would be huddled up and we would have like maybe. Um, uh, like a little space heater to turn on for like 15 Aww. minutes and then turn it off. So, okay, so that's just to say that like I've been in cold, but it's, it, oh, but luckily for us, the um, the dude who owns our, we rent, who owns our house, uh, redid the windows last year. Oh, and nice. They're double paned now, yeah. and it really Ooh, makes a difference. difference. Yes. Insulation. Yes. Nice. Very nice. Well, I'm totally enjoying this weather because I'm constantly hot. I mean, these hot <laughs> flashes are no joke for sure. <laughs> oh so, God. like, this is my type of weather. I can finally wear a scarf. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do like wearing scarves. I was going to say, I do like wearing my boots. Yes. I do like wearing my boots. So, but even then, like, I'm a sweaty little girl. So, even if it's 40 degrees out, I have my boots on and my my um my feet get super sweaty. Oh my god. <laughs> 
And now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Jen, what do you have for us today? Well, it's not more... It's Chisme, but it's also like uh, super relatable, TM. Uh, and I'm sure everybody who has... If you don't have Disney Plus, at least know about Baby Yoda, oh, um, the Mandalorian, yes. stuff like that. And uh, Baby Yoda is oh. actually like it's it's a puppet. He's not CGI'd. Okay. Um, uh, oh, true life um, uh-huh. Jim Henson stuff going yes. on here. Yes. yes. So apparently, they had been thinking about um, uh, using CGI, doing CGI Baby oh, okay. Yoda, but uh, Werner Herzog said. No. And he said, uh, and he actually called the TV producers cowards for uh, wanting to use CGI Uh instead of the puppet. Yeah. And apparently it was a good, good enough insult that they were like, all right, we'll keep baby Yoda, puppet baby Yoda. And then when baby Yoda was revealed, the collective Internet lost their mind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. The memes are out there. Everybody wants to own a baby Yoda. Yes. Like if. If the baby Yoda comes out for Christmas, man, oh it is. There's gonna be a I fight. Saw, I saw something uh-huh. saying that it was gonna be out by Christmas. So, oh great! That's a, so that's another piece of like this is this is all just gonna be baby Yoda stuff. I can't believe I'm doing Disney's advertising for them. I know, but what? there is they are going to be coming out with baby Yoda like merch and stuff like that yes. by the holidays. Yeah, they are. Uh, and another piece of cheese is that they are also trying to pull all unlicensed baby Yoda gifts. Oh, because, yes. are you serious? Yes, because of copyright infringement, uh, infringement oh. and stuff like but that. But don't they understand that like that kind of thing only like perpetuates the want yes. of people out there? Yeah. So, but uh, I guess it's because they want to like pe- for people to use like official like gifts yeah, and like yeah. photos and stuff like that. But uh, this is the internet. Fuck that shit. Right? Um, uh, yeah. So it's the wild west out there. It is the wild west out there, <laughs> and they keep trying to regulate it, and it's not going to happen. It's uh, like the gifts right now are like Baby Yoda and that white cat and the lady screaming. Oh yes. yeah, those like are good. The, I feel like I those are. Who is that lady? Yeah, that's what I wanted to know too. I, I thought maybe you guys. Is she from, from like the uh, Hollywood Wives yeah. or something like yes, that? Yes, okay. it is from like the like real life real wives of something or other of something or another it's a reality mm. uh, a reality show based uh uh thing on but rich people, white people yeah <laughs> but uh that's where that came from um and i love that i love i love that meme so much but um, um i'm always on the side of the cat <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. But um, uh, but yeah. So they are currently trying to pull as many as they can. But this is the internet, so there's like five million. Yeah, out there. And I mean, do I possibly believe that they could do it? Yeah, it's Disney. I'm pretty sure they have like assassins or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I, if they are, it's gonna be a very, very, very tiring job, and I don't think they're ever gonna be able to quell it because people can just keep doing it. I could make one right now on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I could literally just like I don't even I don't even own Disney Plus, but I I can guarantee you that I can watch at the first three episodes of the Madden Lorian anywhere I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. With, uh not saying anything or whatever. <laughs> um uh, but, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um uh, but that's just uh so it's it's Disney being a corporation and stuff like that. Uh, and they actually have been getting a lot of backlash from it from fans saying like, "Why are you trying to take my gifts?" Yeah, like, no, I want them. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting corporation versus the internet thing going on right now. Uh, but if you want Baby Yoda stuff, official Baby Yoda merch, I'm pretty sure people have made their own stuff <laughs> because. Um, uh, that's just how they do. Some of the fan art that I've seen already looks so oh, yeah. cute. Yes, and I, yes. I saw someone made like their own plushie. Oh, uh, really? Baby Yoda, wow. and it's like really, really. There's cute. some creative people yes, out there. I'm exactly. like, what is wrong with me? But yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyways, going back to the original cheese, they've also seen. Uh, there's reports of Werner Herzog actually treating Baby Yoda as a baby, uh-huh. <laughs> even it's a puppet, and I was just like, oh, mood. <laughs> uh, so that's just like it's just really cute it's a really cute cheese man this week I cannot start watching The Mandalorian until I go back and I watch all of the prequels you really don't need to of, that's what everyone tells me but I have to oh and you're missing out all you have Disney Plus, of you can the do main it. ones 
original one. And I feel like I also want to go and watch all the animated things. <laughs> and oh, then I can watch good. The Mandalorian. <laughs> no, well, The no. Mandalorian takes place, uh, by the way, it takes place after uh, New Hope. No. No, it takes place after um, uh, uh, there's Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Return, Return of the, the Jedi. Yes, is the Return one. of the Jedi. Sorry. It's because... Uh, I was confusing it. I was going to call it The Rise of the Jedi. And I was just like, oh. no, that's not yeah. sound right. I'm mixing up movies again. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, uh, but no, it's Return of the Jedi. It takes place after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, like, uh, so like the Empire's fallen and stuff like that. So it's like lawless or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it takes place before um, uh, Star Wars... Uh, with Ray, yeah, 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 yeah. I forget course. what it's called. I don't know. How could I forget what it's called? I can't remember. I've only either. seen that one, whatever that one is called. Oh no, I've seen uh-huh. Solo, um, but I haven't seen the one that came out before the one that is coming out. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is that one called? I don't All know. I know is that it's the one that everybody hates. Oh, do they? Well, yeah, a lot of people. It's it's very mixed. Oh, okay, Star Wars. Star Wars fans are something else. I'm pretty yes. sure, like, if like if we were like super huge and mainstream, and the fact that I called uh, Return of the Jedi the Rise of the Jedi or something, <laughs> people would be like super attacking me or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Uh, I like Star Wars. I think Star Wars is like really cool. It's a good swords and sorcery in space uh, story, but I would not die for it. It's unlike some of these people, but I like I'm enjoying Baby Yoda and all the Baby yeah. Yoda stuff. Yeah, um, uh, me I think too. And cool. I haven't watched anything. Uh-huh. And I have never been a big Star Wars fan. As a kid, I enjoyed Star Trek more than Star Wars. Um, Fair. And I just never really got into it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I and I guess I can understand the fandom and the 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 avid uh, watchers and people who watch it over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just never was that person. So, I yeah. mean, I think Baby Yoda's cute and uh, I am interested in watching The Mandalorian, but um, I just am like a, what do you call it, casual fan. Yeah, I'm <laughs> a filthy casual <laughs> for it too. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy Sorry, I actually, I didn't realized Star Wars was a thing until I was in high school. And it was because I grew up with, like, immigrant parents and stuff like that. So a lot of pop culture stuff Mm -hmm. missed me like that. But I did watch Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, because when I would be at home and watching, like, TV and stuff like that, it was always on on some other channel. And I just thought it was... And I loved space. Yeah. And that was out there, so I would just watch episodes of it from... I mostly grew up with reruns of Voyager. Okay. So I really like Voyager. But I appreciate all the other ones, I too. really like... Uh, well, as a kid, my father and my grandfather used to watch the main, the original series. But um, the one that I used to always watch is the one... It used to come on, like, late at night when I was in high school, like, at 11 o'clock or something when I was supposed to be asleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, even before high school, I think it was. Um, and it would be, like, the only thing that was on TV. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, Back when only, like, six channels existed? Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, I I really liked watching Next Generation. Next Generation? Next Gen, yeah. Yeah. Uh Well, I was a very, very big uh, Star Wars fan. I mean, my family, uh, my young uncles uh they were teenagers when the movie came out oh, so they yeah. had like the the sheets and then when yeah. we when mm-hmm. we went to mexico to visit my other cousins they were big fans they had all the star wars toys they actually gave us a rancor which i'm not sure if it's the original rancor because like we said with uh things that were translate books that were translated oh, into right. uh, spanish they weren't first edition anymore because they didn't come out with yeah, the you in know, conjunction. Yes. So I don't know if it's in original Rancor, but it's definitely <laughs> from that era. Yeah. So um, I grew up watching uh, the movies. I grew up with that culture, with how heavy guys, uh, my 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 guy cousins and my guy uncles were really into Star Wars. So I've been a fan for a long time. I went to go see uh, the uh the first episode in this in the series, mm-hmm. uh, we saw it at three in the morning. We saw oh the light, lightsaber battle um, at the ArcLight Theater. The stormtroopers marching into the theater. I mean, I was there. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so and I and still I still have love for you know the movies and stuff. Although you know they got bad reviews, but yeah, um, I'm still there. I'm still there. One. So you know what? You brought something up that made me think and, and kind of. Uh, critique why I'm not such a big fan <laughs> and the reason why or, or the, the thing that you said that made me think about it is you had brothers and uncles uncles and cousins and yes back then um, toys were very gender specific yes yes and yes. star I have we had friends of the family that had a you guys met him Jason he owns the comic shop in my hometown oh mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes yes he is a huge he is a huge Star Wars fan he is part of the 501st where mm-hmm. he dresses up as it's in like trooper. real like authentic star troop stormtrooper stuff mm-hmm. and he they go out like to hospitals and visit kids and like do events and stuff like that mm-hmm. he's like so into to it um, and I remember he had sheets and I would go to his house and we'd play with all his Star Wars toys and stuff like yeah. that but it was never anything my parents and I think when we went to see the movie maybe we went to see it with them but like it was totally heavily marketed to boys mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. not to me at all and I mean I enjoyed the movies but none of the toys were marketed to me none of that stuff and I didn't have brothers that had them or anything like that so yeah. it just was something something that bypassed me because of the fact that I was a girl. And now I'm fucking angry now. <laughs> I missed out on all of this Star Wars stuff because I was a girl. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, the only reason, because I only found out about Star Wars when I was in high school. Uh-huh. And so, and the reason that happened was because my little brother really, really was into Star mm-hmm. Wars. And they were re-release, they were like re-releasing the movies yeah. in theaters. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, Jenny, can you take me? And I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll take you. And so we went to go see all of them uh, in theaters for every day that they came out. And I was watching, I was just like, oh, hey, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and they released them in as not chronologically, like with New Hope and uh, they with like the prequels first and uh-huh, then uh-huh. the right. sequels. Mm-hmm. And so I actually don't mind the prequels that much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can see why they're criticized, but yes. I was just like, I'm like, yeah, I was just like, oh, they're fun. They're, yeah. and they're entertaining um, uh, in the moment. Um, um, but the only reason I knew was because my little brother was mm-hmm. really into it and he was really into it because of his friends yeah. who were all boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or else I would have been, I would have been like, I only know Star Trek and that's it. And when the new Star Wars movie would have come out, I would be like, what the shit is this? Uh, so that's pretty well, funny. Well, much my love for this uh, for this series is is that uh, even when my nephew was five and we were trying to feed him the Star Wars movies, he, he, at one point he said, I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> and then um, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. But then he started watching the Clone Wars, and then he got right back on it. I've heard yeah. so much the good Clone stuff Wars about Clone is Wars. Really good. Yeah, I I tried to watch something animated the other day, and I was like, I can't get into this. And it's not that I don't like animated things. I I like animated movies, and um, I like Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. I love Bob's Burgers. But what was it that I was trying to watch? And I was like, Oh, this is. Oh, it was that Mexican samurai TV sh- uh, on Netflix. There's like um. Oh, it, it, that was an anime though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like a cartoon, right? No, I know, but okay. it was animation, and I was yeah. trying to watch it, and I couldn't get into it. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really good too, but uh-huh. I only watched like the first ten minutes. I do want to watch <laughs> Cannon Busters and stuff like that. All right, guys, now it's time for... What time is it, Kristen? Es la hora de la cervecita. <laughs> All right, and we're trying a beer that was gifted to us by YNC Comics. That's right! Oh, yeah. I forgot! Yes, it's from Golden Road, and if you could tell us about the brewery... Okay, so Golden Road Brewery was founded in 2011, so they're actually not that old. I didn't realize that. So they are inspired by all things California, which... um, Duh, Golden Road, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, And I didn't know this either. Um, They are LA's largest brewery. 
Really? Yeah, it's interesting. Cool. Okay, so um, Golden Road represents those laid-back days in the sun with your friends and family. Waves crashing on the beach, sand between your toes, and plenty of good vibes to go around. They believe in great beer, which is a commitment to family, sustainability, good food, and the arts. There's a California-inspired brew for everyone in the nation to enjoy. Whatever your vibe, take a can of the California dream with you by drinking Golden Road. Mountains, beach, or relaxing at home. California is what you choose to make of it. So they are actually located like um, on the outskirts of Glendale and Atwater Village, um, which is just outside of Griffith Park. Um, Their their Atwater Village Pub LA is a family-friendly environment and has California pub fare. So if you're interested in going and um, checking out their beer, they also have yummy food. And they pour from over 20 taps and they have a large outdoor space. They're dog-friendly and there's plenty of room for large groups. So, Golden Road Mango Cart is the beer that we are trying today. And um, they actually have a series of cart beers. So, Mango Cart is um, their beer that obviously is mango flavored. They have Melon Cart. They have... um, what else do they have? They have watermelon cart. Oh, wait. I said melon. Watermelon. Watermelon. Um, melon. Oh, there's a strawberry something. I believe so. Strawberry banana. I don't think it's banana. But something. There's. I think I've. Oh, pineapple. Strawberry there's pineapple. pineapple. Um, I think I've tried three, maybe four. The fourth one I might be making up. But <laughs> um, but so um, it's a the cart series, and it's inspired by the iconic fruit cart vendors of Los Angeles. Yeah, and I really like the little cover on it. It uh, the art on the can. It yes. has a little mm-hmm. man with his mango cart. Yes, which I thought was cute. And the That's palm really trees good. and the in in the mountains very in the back. Santa Monica yes Heavy so Monica mango ones. cart is a mango wheat ale and i really do like a good wheat and this one and the reason why um, this could be a great beer for you is it is a easy drinking beer at only 4.0 abv so this oh. is not your grandmother's IPA. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, smells great. Yes, it smells so good. It's very, very heavy mango um, bouquet. is just like so mouthwatering and enticing. It's just very, very um, fruity. So... Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a drink. I've had this before, full disclosure. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this is really good. This is Sarah. And I think the only thing missing is like a rim of like chamoy with, mm. with um, I think that mm-hmm. would, because I could really taste the mango in it. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, uh, I think that would be really cool. Like a really great summer drink. Yes. Definitely summer. Yes. Very summery. Yeah. Maybe. And- I have to admit, well, uh, I haven't had these before. I think I might have had one. No. No, I don't think I've had any of these before. Um, um, because it's an actual beer. Um, um, <laughs> instead one... of a white claw with flavoring. <laughs> um, um, right. Uh, but... Well, I, I really like the fact that the carbonation is really light on this, too. Yeah. It, um, um. I have to admit, uh, it smells really good. But when I sipped it, I was expecting more. <laughs> I was expecting more sugar. Really? Oh, yeah. Yes. And you so, always forget you're drinking beer. Yes, <laughs> I am. And I was just like, wait, if it had more sugar, it wouldn't be. It would be a wine cooler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I really do enjoy the flavor mm-hmm. of it. But with like chamoy and everything, it would add that little bit of sweetness that I thought I should have gotten for mm-hmm. it, and wouldn't elevate this a lot more Mm -hmm. but it's already good to begin with so i was introduced to this beer um when i went to vegas a couple of gosh was it already months ago maybe a month and a half ago and they um there was a bar slash restaurant that had a beer special where as long as there was it was sunday and as long as there was football playing on the tv all drafts were three dollars. Wow! So, nice. um, and I had already—I think it was like day three of like a four or five day <laughs> a drinking excursion with. Um, uh, it was a girls' weekend, oh, and so this I was is the one like where you blacked out. Right? So. <laughs> 
No, no, this wasn't no. that. Oh no, that was no, that was a different one. <laughs> that was my hometown visit. Yes. That was my my class reunion. Um, but um, so I was looking. I didn't want an IPA because I was looking for something very light. Because as I've mentioned before, uh, IPAs are just starting to sit really heavy in my stomach. It's almost like when you go your entire life um, drinking milk or drinking milkshakes, and then one day you drink them and you're like, "Oh my god, my tummy!" Like that's what's happened to me with IPAs, and Aww. I don't know if it's my age or what, but I've started to become um, very. Um, sensitive to them. So I was like, I want something lighter. And so wheat beers are, um, they were my um, gateway beer. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. how I started drinking craft through wheat. Um, And so I was like, I'm going to go back to my roots. And so I saw this on the menu. I saw it was a wheat beer. I ordered it and I took a drink and I was like oh my god this is the worst thing ever (laughs) because it was sweet yeah I mean I know Jen says it wasn't that sweet to her but it was to me from going from drinking IPAs solely and juicy hazy stuff to this I was like oh my god this is horrible but it was three (laughs) dollars and I kept ordering it and lo and behold (laughs) by beer two or three I was like this is the best thing ever and when I came back home to California I was like oh Golden Road that's that's local right. and I saw it I see it at Target I mm-hmm. saw it at the freaking 7-Eleven the other day it's everywhere so mm-hmm. it's very accessible to me and it's only 4.0 I can drink one or two and not feel buzzed at all oh yeah I can enjoy it with my meal it is great and I love it now and just goes to show you can't judge a beer <laughs> by the first sip um and so I was excited when I saw Yuri and Carlos bring it because I was like, oh, my God, I love those. And this is my favorite one out of all of them. Mango is mm-hmm. my favorite. So Mango's good. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, I really liked it. I liked that it wasn't so sweet, but I do like the fact that it can lend itself to have some chamoy and some. I never thought rim- of that. Yeah. Like if you have it with like a little less being cold like if it's not too cold you could really taste the mango in it yeah yeah so that's what i like about it okay so on our rating scale of zero to five where zero is initial no actually flaccid sorry um one is initial two out of five is partial three out of five is full uh, wait, I'm I'm counting wrong. One, two, three, four, five. So one out of five is flaccid. Two is initial. Three is partial. Four is full. Five is rigid. And if it's really good, six is super saiyan. Uh, Sarah, what would you rate Golden Road Mango Cart? I'm going to go with, a, with the partial. Okay. Yeah. Um, so right it, in the middle. Right in the middle. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that you could take to like family reunions. Um, it has it's flavorful enough. Um, it's the wheat beer is way better than the lagers that I always complain about. Yeah. So that's that's my rating. Okay. Jen, I'm gonna give it a full because I enjoyed it. It was it was good, and I can easily see myself knocking back like five of these and being like, <laughs> "This is nothing." And maybe getting a buzz, but it's a it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty it's a pretty good relaxing beer. Yeah. So this is Kristen. I'm also giving it a full. It's a four out of five for me. Um, it's very very yummy. That's all I can say. It's yes. very yummy. Like. I would say if you're an IPA drinker, this probably isn't the beer for you. Mm -hmm. But if you want something that is light and refreshing and something that you can, just like Sarah said, you can bring it to an event and most everybody there will not have a problem drinking it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I take IPAs to events and they're like, uh, and and there's my IPAs sitting um, at the family barbecue on top of all of the Bud Lights. And no one wants to drink my IPAs, which is fine with me. But, <laughs> but this one, you could share with people, and I don't think very many people would, would turn their nose up at it. So um, I'm giving it a four out of five with a rigid. Wait, rigid? Full. 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 <laughs> yes. And that was a review. And now it's time for our book review. And what book are we reviewing today? Well, today we are reviewing a 
we're rereading two books, but I think really, even though we didn't read, there is another book in this series, The Gummazing Gum Girl. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I kind of would say that we're kind of reviewing the series, even though we didn't review the third, because I'm just assuming it's more of the more of the cute and amazing same that we got <laughs> in the first two. But um, The Gummazing Gum Girl um, has two books that we have in our hands, and it wasn't until I started reading them that I realized that this was published by Disney Hyperion. They're like all ages line, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, well, that's like a big deal. deal. Yeah. And like, I, we could probably have this in our store. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was given to us by Road Montijo, who, uh, and it says it was written with Luke. Well, the f- Gum Luck was written with Luke Reynolds, but that the second one doesn't say that. Um, but one of the best things about these books besides the characters and the writing and the art and everything is that the covers are scratch and sniff. Yes. yes. I love that. It, and they smell like bubblegum. Yes. yes. So, so cool. And the the covers are just like very all ages enticing. Um, and I'm an all age. And mm-hmm. I'm, when I see it, it makes me want to read it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, the books follow Gabby Gomez, and Gabby Gomez is like, I, as my grandma, uh, gran- grandmother would say, uh, traviesa. <laughs> yeah. Yes, very much so, traviesa. Uh, so, um, and she's always getting into something, um, but she needs to tell her parents the truth about her super sticky alter ego, mm-hmm. who is the Gummazing Gum Girl. Um, but there's a new villain in town, and I know what's a bubble-blowing superhero to do. That's the, <laughs> the description on back of Gummazing Gum Girl Gum Luck. And then we also did Gum Girl Choose Your Destiny. Choose C-H-E-W-S. Um, and so Choose Your Destiny um, looks like this is the first one. So Gum Luck is the second one that we read, and Choose Your Destiny is the first one. And the intro says, Gabby Gomez chews bubblegum every chance she gets. But when her mom declares no more gum, Gabby's love of chewing blows up in her face and stretches her to her limits. So I loved these books. Yes. Oh, 100%. They were so freaking cute. Gabby is so cute. She is very um, sassy <laughs> <laughs> and very just like, I, and just I think it's worth mentioning too, these aren't uh, comics. Mm-hmm. They are chapter books. Uh-huh. Um, but they're very short chapters and there's a lot of really cute art um, interspersed mm-hmm. in the um, in the books. Um, I kind of wish they were comics only because I feel like um, I want to see more of the art because <laughs> yes. it's so cute. It is really cute. Uh, and it's... Uh, the reason we, we picked it up at... The Latino Comics Expo. No. No, no this no. is the one that was sent to us. Yes, this oh, was the okay. very was first books that we were gifted by, uh, by a creator. And he actually oh, mailed them to us. Thank you. But he also mailed his other comic book that's a five comic book series uh-huh. uh, called... Um, Pablo's Inferno, which he didn't yes. even he didn't even have a first issue of that, so he photocopied his mom's copy for us. Yes, oh, we have. And that. then I really wanted to review that, but they're no longer available. Uh-huh. So this is what? my this is my call out to him. This okay. is Sarah, and I really really hope and pray that you consider doing a Kickstarter for releasing. Pablo's Inferno as a trade paperback. Yeah, I saw because it. Because I love looked... the art was amazing. Okay, so, so I knew this artwork looked familiar. <laughs> and I'm Googling him right now. And he actually does... Um, he hit one of his books is the Halloween Kid, and he, they have a hey, big. I know that one. They have a big um, booth. A uh-huh. lot of uh, at a lot of the conventions that I'm at, and the art is so 
amazing. It's so good, and I really love this style. Um, it's kind of like a an old like oh, classic yes. Halloween type. Yes, stuff. yes, yes. And the whole booth is full of this great stuff. And there's always things that I want to buy there, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't, I don't. Do I need it? Do I even have space? I have so many prints at home that I haven't. I buy prints mm-hmm. and then I just stick them somewhere. Yes, I don't I even totally know where agree. most of them are. Agreed. But um, the art is so good. And when I when you showed um, Pablo's Inferno, mm-hmm. um, I was like, that looks really familiar. And it is. Um, it was re- reminiscent of the Halloween Kid that I saw. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so he does um, Halloween Kid, Cloud Boy, um, the Amazing Gum Girl books, and um, I guess a couple of more as well. Um, but he has a lot of things that he that he works on, and um, I actually didn't realize that there were so many cool. Um, He's very prolific. Cool all ages stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all I just seems to be his jam. I mean, mm-hmm. the amazing gun girl is really good. And what I really loved about it is the fact that there's like the it's a chapter book and it's really good and it's could be read as a bedtime story. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, and it's an easy read. Um uh, however, what I really loved and really endeared me to it even more was the fact that uh Gabby is Latina yes. and that her her family's Latina mm-hmm. and um uh, yeah. And her and her mom speak in yes. uh, Spanglish. And yeah. it's interspersed in the book yeah. here yes. and there mm-hmm. with like very common phrases yeah. like adios, which is bye and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was like in it was it was really it was really cute. It almost it almost reminded me of me when I was in elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was really that was really cute. And uh, and I I like that especially that this is the fact that this is a Disney Hyperion book. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't know that they would do something uh, quite like that, and I think that's really really cool. Um, uh, but it's a uh, it's a very very fun read. It's definitely an all ages book, and um, uh, <laughs> and I guess you can put in some. Uh, some warnings of like, don't chew gum while going to bed. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I I had very long hair as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. My hair was down to my knees um, up through sixth grade, where at or fifth grade up at what at <clears throat> that point, my mother was like, either you learn how to take care of your own hair or we're cutting it. Mm-hmm. So we cut it, and there was like no in between. We cut it from that long all the way up to like Annie hair. Because oh that was when Annie, little orphan Annie, the um. The first movie came out, uh-huh. and I was obsessed with her. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I, I kind of have some issues around this, uh-huh. but <laughs> um, about my haircut because yeah. like that was like a huge transition for me. Yeah. Um. So all of a sudden I had no hair, and um, one of the things that used to happen to me all the time is I would go to bed with gum, and I would wake up with it stuck in my hair. Wow. And, oh uh-huh. my gosh! So my mother was not forgiving; she just cut, cut it the- off. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, actually, that was a little bit of information in the book that I had never heard of because, like, yeah, I would, I had gone, I'd gone to bed with chewing gum and stuff like that, and then I would wake up with it, it tangled in my hair. And also, because up until I think kindergarten, first grade, I had very long hair as well. Uh-huh. My mom had never cut it since birth. Yeah, and so I just had very long hair. But it kept getting in my face. And so a teacher told my mom, I was like, have you considered about cutting her hair? It gets in her face a lot. Uh-huh. And again, my mom was just like, huh, Don't teach me how okay. to raise my children. No, my mom, <laughs> just kidding. Was, my mom was like, well, she would see that too. And like, and so she was just like, okay, we'll cut it. And she cut it really short uh-huh. too, up to my shoulders. So where before it had been like basically knee length, it went up to my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just so like, nice. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, was it really traumatic for me? Because, like, I was always the girl with the long hair, and then you just cut it all off. And so, like, it was like my identity was swept away <laughs> with uh-huh. my hair. <laughs> That's so sad. But, yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, the information in the book was just, like, to get gum out of your yes, hair, yeah. you use peanut butter. Uh-huh. And I'd never heard of that before. I'd heard of it before. My mother never wasted no time with that uh-huh. peanut butter <laughs> stuff. But, yes, I had heard it before. And ice, too. You get ice, ice. to harden it up oh. so it's easier to come out yeah easier to come out yeah no my mom would just like she'd be like she'd take it and then she'd snip yeah she'd snip it and they're like boom there yeah learn your lesson Uh (laughs) wow you guys have issues with chewing gum that's so crazy (laughs) 
And I think about it all the time when I chew gum. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Road is actually from California. He was raised in Stockton, which is um, Northern California. And he's best known for being one of the creators of the award-winning comic book series... Uh, Pablo's Inferno, which is the one that you said that right. own, there's no copies left. Right. And that book is about a little boy's descent into the spirit world in Mexico. That sounds so cool. That That's does sound metal. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to read that. I mean, well, I did see the first book and it looked really good, but I want to read the rest of it. Yeah, I really, I'm calling you out. You need to start a Kickstarter. The content's already there. Just uh, put it out on a trade paperback form because that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gumball, Gum Girl is really cool. I really liked her. She's super endearing. Uh, she's super fun and she battles and she saves people. But yes. the thing is she keeps getting in trouble yeah. uh-huh. because she has to go to school and she has to have a dental appointment. Her dad's a dentist, which is like the cutest little thing because she chews gum. Because she chews gum. Yeah. yeah. And so she's bad. She's trying to help out the world and like she comes across these situations where she chooses to help people, but then she gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that makes it so much more fun and dynamic story. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also very endearing because the fact that she keeps getting in trouble, but she still goes out to help, help people. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought that was like I thought that was like a really good message and really cute. Um, I really um, I want to see what happens between the relationship with her family, her mom and dad, and how they feel about Gum Girl because they don't know that it's the mm-hmm, same girl, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so. <laughs> Her little brother chews a bunch of gum and pours it on himself. And yeah. he's like, I'm gum girl. <laughs> oh and then they're like, oh, no, that's a bad influence of gum girls yeah. having on our youth. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there's that. And the dad's like, oh, chewing. I can't condone that. Chewing gum is bad for your teeth. And so she's conflicted. And, t- and then she wants to tell them, but she can't mm-hmm. for w- a r- whatever reason. So it's mm-hmm. really a lot of fun to read that. Um, and. I'm sure it just it's it's an ongoing thing. It's like a little dynamic, which yeah. I find really cute. So this book, given that it is published by Disney, um, is probably widely available through uh, all of your um, normal book mm-hmm. club or bookstore places. Like, gosh, which ones are even open still? Uh, Barnes and Noble, Barnes and <laughs> Book Monster. Mm. Book off, um, uh, <laughs> book off. Yeah, I know. Book off. <laughs> book off. Um, uh, and there's a few like um, uh, independently owned yeah uh, stores and stuff like that. But also like, I'm pretty sure this is available at a Scholastic Book Fair. Or yes, something. yes, yes, Scholastic. Yeah, actually, so. does it say? It doesn't say Scholastic, but yeah. Um, pro- and they're actually DisneyBook.com is on the back of the book. Um, so. but. Yeah. Part of his um, career info on Wikipedia says that he originally gained attention for being one of the creators of the animated internet series Happy Tree Friends. Hmm. What? I'd never heard of that. What? Yes. Uh-oh. Holy <laughs> crap. All right. So my little sister loved Happy Tree Friends. Yeah. He yes. co-created Happy Tree mm-hmm. Friends. Oh, my God. So, uh oh, she's fanning, fangirling out. <laughs> no, because like, no, my my little sister loved this series, and uh-huh. so I was just like, I just found it like, I, I thought it was like fun and stuff like, yeah. but she absolutely adored it, and so I, it's just like, I, I find that so funny because my little sister, like, this was like her elementary school life. Yeah, two thousand six. It was one of the yep. earliest YouTube YouTube viral sensations. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And oh, it's the subject of a 2006 television series. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy Tree Friends was big. It's still referred to in like in like YouTuber and in the internet and stuff like that. It's made its well it's itself into like internet uh like fame and stuff like that. Wow. Interesting. You know, it's like you uh like you can kind of date yourself by saying happy tree friends <laughs> how long you've been in the internet and stuff like that. But it's uh, like it's still like a huge thing and I think it's still available Interesting. on YouTube as well so you can watch that. Oh, I f- it's even on Netflix actually. Really? really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it before. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like um uh, I was like 2006. God, I was in middle school. Yeah, I was in middle school. My little sister uh she had just started kindergarten. Oh. She she was five years old. I don't know what she was doing watching Happy Tree Friends, but she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of violent. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. oh, nice. 
Well, um, there's a lot of different things that he's been working on. So I love the art style. Um, and I'm also reading on here that he um, he self-published and distributed Skeletown, which is also in that um in that booth that I see all the time at the conventions. And Skeletown is, um, where did I see it? It's a Dia de los Muertos um, inspired story of a town oh. populated with skeletal inhabitants. Nice. Yes. yes. So um, lots of cool stuff here. Next time I see that booth, I'm going to have to stop now that I know <laughs> uh-huh. that it's him um, and um, talk to him and say hello. And I'll give him what for about Pablo's Inferno. <laughs> Yeah, I'm drag my little be. sister with me and then be like, yo, you remember Happy Tree Friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's done a lot of work, as we have just found out. And so, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I for one am 100% like gonna back your Kickstarter if you started for like a trade paperback of Pablo's Inferno because it's a five issue series. Mm-hmm. So I think it's perfect and I think the time is now. <laughs> but uh, we really love your Gum Girl uh, adventures. Uh, so I, I for one love the fact that it smells like bubble gum. Yeah, me too. That yeah, is super that's awesome. That's really cute. So are we ready to yes. rate the book? Yes. All right. So uh, what do you give it, Kristen? Um, I am going to give it uh, the whole panaderia because I loved it. I yes. mean, I I laughed out loud, and it's a it's a it's a all ages book. Yes. and I think that a lot of times pe- people see all ages and erroneously think kids book. Yes, uh-huh. um, and I love all ages books. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love them. I love reading them, and I I love to like um, the adult humor sometimes that you find in them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, of course. So, so I yes, I'm giving it the whole panaderia well I'm with you I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia as well and one of the reasons why is I liked I really loved I mean I laughed out loud at how clever the um, the inception not the inception but how gumception gumception (laughs) (laughs) how the uh, the the first uh I wouldn't say evil. The her first foe. Yes, uh-huh. yes. His his origin story was super yeah, clever, yeah, uh-huh. cute, and I laughed out loud yeah. because I thought this is super smart. Yeah. So that's why I'm giving it the whole panaderia. What about you, Jen? I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia plus a chicle flavored donut. Oh, <laughs> they have chicle nice. flavored donuts. Yeah. Wow, Shut the front door. <laughs> yeah. The first time I saw it was like in the panaderia. I was at. Oh my so. gosh! Nice. So there you go. Um, uh, it was blue too, so yeah, I thought yeah. that was funny. Mm. Um, um, but I loved it. Uh, this would have been something that I would probably have read to my little sister mm-hmm. and my little brother when they were like young, like when they were like babies. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but that is, it's like, it's, I could easily see this being like a good, uh, like bedtime story kind yeah. of thing. But even then, or just like giving it to a kid who, uh, chews a lot of gum mm-hmm. and stuff like that because everybody knows a kid who chews a lot of yeah. gum. Uh, and it's it's really smart, it's really clever, and it's really sweet. Um, uh, so I am giving it the whole panaderia. Awesome. That was our review, guys. And now it's time for On My Radar. And we have two On My Radars. First, Kristen, can you tell us what's on your radar? So On My Radar is a comic book called Fallen Angels. And it's actually part of the, I don't want to say relaunch, but kind of, yeah, of the X-Men titles that have started coming out. So they all started with House of um, X and Powers of Ten. And that kind of set the stage for um, about, what, like six um, new titles that were coming out. Um, all led by uh, the original title or the main title X-Men written by um, Hickman Yes, yeah. Jonathan Hickman. So, which was a big deal that Hickman is back writing X-Men and people were all about that. And the w- book that I am really enjoying um, as part of the new releases of these X-Men books is Fallen Angels. And issue one came out um, already last month. Issue two just came out. I haven't read it yet, mm-hmm. but it's on my to-read pile. But um, the description says, the dawn does not break for all. Psylocke finds herself in this new world of mutant kind, unsure of her place in it but then a face from her past returns only to be killed she seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance so um it's written by brian hill which is he's 
such an amazing writer. He also is the nicest freaking guy you could ever meet in the in in um, the industry. Yeah. And um, I really like his writing style. I'm a big fan. Um, I like a lot of his Top Cow stuff. Oh yeah. Um, he writes. Um, oh gosh, what's it called? Postal. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I really really like that book but um so Psylocke actually teams up with X-23 in this book oh wow um, oh. which I love X-23 oh, so, I love X-23. so yeah and I really liked issue number one and um I'm looking forward to issue number two but I think it was a sleeper because a lot of people are coming up to the counter with it and are saying oh my gosh I, I'm, I'm really enjoying Fallen wow. Angels and I don't think that they thought that they were going to wow yeah. okay and, but I think a lot of people are giving it a chance too mm-hmm. more so because usually Disney I mean Marvelism by Disney so you know what it's like it's fair um, uh, but Marvel has really been sleeping on a lot of their X-Men titles because of Fox News and that's actually uh, Jonathan Hickman has spoken out about it about how he um, uh, he doesn't think that Marvel should take their cues from uh, Disney executives and like what's mm. going on in Hollywood mm-hmm. and uh, and he's been very critical of Marvel yeah uh, about doing that he's like he's just like yeah I'm thankful that I'm now able to write the X-Men how I want them to but mm. the fact that I couldn't do this earlier because Marvel didn't want to because they didn't have the rights to X-Men so kind of Marvel was strangling their own comics universe because of like the movies and stuff like that um, um but now with all the the fact that there hasn't been like a major x-men title yeah like this or event like this has people like excited and hungry for more yes, now they're yeah. trying to now they're giving up all these uh they're giving chances to these books that they otherwise wouldn't have and so right now the first wave of dawn of x is out um, uh, which is X-Men, written by Jonathan Hickman, Excalibur, Fallen Angels, Marauders, mm-hmm. and uh, Uncanny X-Force, and New Mutants. Uh, or just, yeah, Uncanny X-Force, X-Force, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's X-Force and New Mutants. So it's a wave of six new titles mm-hmm. that followed um, uh, um, House of X and Powers of X. And it's been really good. Yeah. It's been like, a lot of people have praised his run and are praising his current uh, line of X-Men titles. So they're um uh, they're really they're really good. I'd been wondering what happened to Laura after she basically wasn't Wolverine anymore and I had really liked the all new Wolverine. Me she, too. Well, they had been doing a really good job, but like I said before, Marvel had kind of strangled their own X-Men franchise because they didn't have the rights to it, so they're like, why should we, if we can't make the big money off of this, why should we be supporting it? And they kind of did that with Fantastic Four mm. as well. Basically, all the titles that they didn't own uh, the rights to except for Spider-Man because their Spider-Man comics is basically what made them big mm-hmm. besides Avengers and stuff like that. So they weren't going to strangle one of their biggest comics money makers. But I feel like if they if it wasn't, they would have strangled this, their own Spider-Man comics too. Um, uh, but now with the, Disney having the rights to, the, to them and therefore Marvel kind of having them back, they have decided to uh, refresh and these titles again so now we have a fantastic four title we even have a doctor doom title that people were super excited yeah, for yeah and now we have six new x-men titles all being overseen by jonathan hickman arguably one of the best comics writers out there currently right now wow um, um i mean there hasn't been x-men like for a while the way that i think readers wanted there to be uh-huh. and i mean there's so many fans that are out there that are hungry for them. I mean, other than Baby Yoda um, <laughs> from Disney streaming, the second most shared thing that I saw ever since um, it started was the original X-Men animated series. Oh, People absolutely. are just like so excited oh, to be able yes. to have access to that and watch them all. Yeah. So I'm just super excited about... Uh, I, I have them all at home. I'm just so behind in reading, but Fallen Angels was the one that I actually got to, and I really liked it, and I'm really enjoying it. So it mm-hmm. is definitely on my radar. Yep. All right. Now, on my radar is season three of uh, 
the Dragon Prince is out, mm. and it is so good. <laughs> it was so good. I like binge watched it like shortly after Thanksgiving, and I've been rewatching the series again. And it's just uh, so. For, uh, for those that don't know, Dragon Prince is actually from the creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender, oh, okay. and this is their Netflix original series, and it follows uh, two young boys who live uh, in. Catalis, uh, a kingdom, uh, the human kingdom that has been separated from the rest of the magical uh, world called Zadia, and um, uh, and the plot is that they find a dragon egg that belongs to the dragon king who had been killed by humans, and so to in order to kind of like bring priests, they have to bring the dragon egg back to the dragon queen. Uh, and that's kind of their journey okay. right now. And season three is out. And and they're still with the egg? <laughs> Spoilers a bit. <laughs> Spoilers a bit, but no. Okay. 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 No, they're not with the egg. But shit is getting serious. Okay. okay. TM. And it's... <laughs> It's really, really good, and it's I I don't only love it just because there's dragons. The <laughs> artwork is like the animation is really good. The story is great, and I was gonna give it a I was gonna give it a chance either way because it is from the creators of Avatar: The Last Kingdom. Yeah. But now that I've watched it, I can 100% vouch for it and be like, yeah, it's good. Watch Dragon Prince. It's really good. <laughs> And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. What do we have today, Kristen? Okay, so Juntos y Fuertes. Um, I have information about the first Latin-owned film studio that is about to open. Oh, Now, that's wow, really that's cool. huge. Yes. It reminds me of Tyler Perry when he, he opened his own studio in Georgia. So listen to this. Ooh. The former president of Tyler Perry Studios oh, is what? taking action to create more opportunities for Latinos in Hollywood. I love so it. So he wow. was the former president of Tyler Perry Studios. I love it. He's a Cuban-American, and he is launching the first-ever Latino-owned and operated film and TV. TV studio in the United States. His name is Ozzy Areu, and he listened to this up and coming story. He went from security guard at Warner Brothers. You're kidding. To president of Tyler what Perry Studios to now wow. CEO of his Areu Brothers Studios. That is freaking amazing. Yes. That's really cool. Yes. It's sort of like the Hot Cheetos creator who was the janitor. And he created the most, uh, the Hot Cheetos. What? Yeah. Yes. Okay, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I mean, I love this origin story. Like, yes. we, they, ay, que ganas. Me encanta. Yes. So, um, he's implementing what he learned from his mentor, Tyler Perry, to connect with audiences that he says has been, they've been ne- neglected. He says, quote, I'm going to use my resources, experience, and the team that we've built to really get behind inclusion, both in front of and behind the camera. He wants to create opportunities for Latinos, women, and minorities in entertainment, including actors, crew, producers, and writers putting together storylines that break down stereotypes. Quote, we want to see each other as the lawyer, the doctor, you know, outside of gardeners and mechanics. So he says, Areo says, just like Perry believed in him, he now wants to open the doors for others. That's wonderful. That is. I love it. Yes. So the reason why I'm sharing this on Juntos y Fuertes is because this is a studio that's going to start releasing stuff and they need our support. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if it's a download or it's a, a movie ticket purchase or whatever, make sure that you go out there and you support Latinos that are doing work and are providing opportunities for other Latinos. Exactly. 100%. I love it. And now it's time for saludos. And this time around, we're sending out our very heartfelt wishes, saludos, hugs, kisses, and just a big, huge, big hug to Terry Mayo, author of The Wicked and... The wicked Ra- Righteous. The Wicked Righteous. I always say The Wicked <laughs> the wicked Righteous. Um, he is having some health issues, um, but he is going to still work on this comic book but has pulled from the other comic books that he was working on yeah so um he's really amazing and the wicked righteous is about 
Oh, you know what? Um, I've never read it, but I remember when um, I was, uh, I actually shared it maybe on my radar once. Um, I remember saying, oh, it sounds really cool. But. Yeah, I really like the cover. It's sort of these like it's dark, and then there's just these grins in the background. It, uh-huh. it, they're like all wickedly. It, it was really cool, really really cool. Uh, it's four brothers, a girl, and a girl on a run. A town full of killers. Welcome to San Diego. That's right. I remember it was some uh, thinking. Oh, this sounds really cool. It's like a. Um, the I think it was like they wake up. I don't know that they wake up one day, but it's the kids. Mm-hmm. The only people, all adults have died or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, it says in in this debut issue, four teenage brothers rescue a young girl from a brutal gang of psychopaths and spark a disastrous chain of events. But I feel like I when I read it or when I read the um, the story synopsis um that it had something to do with like it was just kids that were like left to like take over the world or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i don't remember sorry <laughs> we definitely have to go back and yes. revisit i that actually comic have book. all the issues oh excellent yes. nice um it was published by alterna comics and it was distributed by diamond uh so that's really cool it's a six issue limited series um that you can probably pick up at diamond like you can have your local comic book shop order it. Yes. But uh, we really want to extend our salutations and our great wishes to Terry Mayo, the author of The Wicked Righteous. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. We have in your host. I mean, where can they find us, guys? Well. You can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres e Comics. You can find us at Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can tweet at us or send us a DM. Exactly. Or you can email us directly to Comadres e Comics at gmail.com. Or you could follow us on Snapchat, Comadres e Comics. And we have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.